Hey, church family, Pastor Nate here, and I'm so glad that we get to share some time together looking at the Word of God. And and before we get started, I just want to give us a moment to pray, thank the Lord for His, His blessing on our lives, what He's given us that we can go and give back to Him, because it's so important that we allow God to have what He's already given us, that not only can we be blessed, but we can bless others. So Father, thank you that we get to partner with your kingdom, that we get to give and sow, Father, into your work, not only here in the United States, in Ocean County and Tom's River, Father, in homes all around the region, but God, that we get to partner with you as you reach the world for your gospel. And we pray that, God, you would use every cent, every offering, Father, every prayer, every every moment of service for good as we allow you to use everything that we have in our hands. And we just, Father, we, we offer it to you. We thank you that we have the privilege of serving your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, hello, church family. Again, my name is Pastor Nate. I have the privilege of uh, just being able to spend some time sharing the word of God with you. And, and uh, you know, just before I get started, <laughs> one of my favorite things is that uh, you know, we get to have this moment just being in your home or wherever you're at, sharing about uh, the Word of God. And I hope that we can look at this like a time we can just get together, have a cup of coffee. Um, you know, one of the things that we see in Scripture is that so many times while Jesus is ministering, um, he's eating. And I think we need to honor the Word of God and go and do likewise. <laughs> so I hope that you can look at this as a time that we can just uh, be together, uh, feel the love of church family here at Grace and Peace, and uh, know that you're part of something bigger than just uh, ourselves, that we're part of, of God's kingdom around the world. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today as we look specifically at missions. You know, here at the church, we support a number of missionaries, and uh, I don't have time really to go through all of what they do. Um, where they're at in the world, but we are in regions um, north, south, east, and west. Uh, we support um, missions organizations like Open Doors. Uh, Open Doors uh, ministers to uh, persecuted Christians in need all around the world. They have a watch list of uh, some of the most persecuted countries. And how many of us know that that list is ever-changing, especially right now with all the uh, heartbreaking news coming out of Afghanistan and the Middle East. We have missionaries uh, like um, that are in the region right now ministering to people that are, are in a chaotic environment. Open Doors is one of those organizations. Another one in the Middle East uh, is Freedom to Captives. Uh, that is by one of our missionaries. It goes by the name of Fabian, uh, working so hard to minister to people in the region, especially right now where there's such chaos. We work with uh, organizations like Vision for Israel and Joseph Storehouse that looks to support widows and those in need um, all over Israel uh, and in the surrounding regions. What a ministry in such a time of chaos. Uh, one more I just wanted to highlight, especially with everything going on in India. Right now, India has fallen out a little bit of the news, but just recently had some of the worst COVID cases and, and, and sufferings and death in the region. Um, India National Inland Min- uh, Mission is just working so hard to see the people of India come to Christ. Uh, and we, we love our missionaries. And that's why we want to encourage not only for people to give, uh, to the church because we are, are working hard, even in, in regions to build schools to give out. Um, recently this year, we gave out, uh, uh, food parcels, survival packs, uh, so that people can just survive in, in some of those destitute areas. But we are looking to support and stand by our missionaries that are overseas, laying their life down and making their life 
the fullness of what the gospel calls it to be. And I, I know that sometimes uh, this can be a daunting subject when we talk about missions, especially right now with everything that's happening in the world. But uh, I want to encourage you. You know, sometimes we have this experience where, where, and I don't know if you've had this, but if you've been in the church long enough, there's this moment where you feel like, am I even serving God if I'm not overseas giving my life on the missions field? And, and you know, for some of you, that might be the call on your life to go and live on the missions field. But the reality is that God calls each and every one of us to live on mission. That, that it's not just about a country, that our missions field is not defined by a sing, uh, a boundary or a singular, um, line that we're not on mission until we cross this line, whether that's overseas or, or, um, it's in your school or maybe it's in your place of work, wherever that might be for you. But God calls us to live a life on mission. This is what we call the great, um, commission, right? Mark 16, verse 15, Jesus says, uh, and it says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? Isn't it interesting? I love that it says every creature, right? It's not just, it's literally what a picture that God is literally using the gospel to redeem the world, right? To redeem the world. God has called us to go and preach the gospel, right? Into all the world. And the truth is the all the world isn't just overseas. It's more often than not our own backyard. One of my favorite theologians, I, I quote this from him from time to time, is Charles Spurgeon. Um, I feel like every time I read Charles Spurgeon, I, I just have like this, um, I have this moment of just like, like my mind gets a little blown, you know. Um, more often than not, the things that he says are just so wise and so full of just the Holy Spirit that it tends to like, like in such a good way, cut deep. Uh, and I want you to hear this. Uh, uh, this is one of his quotes. Uh, actually, it's him quoting somebody else, but uh, I thought it was good all the same. He said, I remember one who spoke on the missionary question one day saying, the great question is not, will not the heathen be saved if we do not send them the gospel? But are we saved ourselves if we do not send them the gospel? And I hope you hear that, right? The question isn't, will the heathen be saved if we don't send the gospel? The question is, are we saved if we don't send the gospel? Oh, I hope that that, um, I hope that that, that hits you the way it hit me. Even when I read that, I was like, Oh Lord, I needed to hear that. It doesn't feel good sometimes, but I needed to hear that. Um, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you know, one of the things that I said, I just uh, shared this with our youth just recently, but you know, I've heard it said so many times, but it's always true when the Bible says all, you know, it means all. All always means all, right? All the world, both abroad and here at home. Um, so on the subject of missions, one of the things I felt like the Lord was just uh, leading me to share about is that it's sometimes we have this idea that if we really want to serve God, we have to do all, all the things, right? We have to, you know, we have this idea, oh, I can't serve God unless I've had at least a master's degree in theology. Or we think that I can't serve God unless I've been at a church for, you know, at least a minimum of four years, um, or that I can't serve God, I can't do anything good for God unless I have X, Y, and Z. And we kind of make for ourselves this, this construct that God, God needs us to equip ourselves to go and, and, and do the gospel, right? To go and actually do something good for the kingdom. We can't really attain this, this next level of, of, of service to the Lord unless we have X, Y, and Z. And so I just kind of want to tackle that mindset when it comes to what God has for you and I to do and how we're to live on mission what it is to live a life of mission. 
how do we go into all the world? Um, and I just want to start with Matthew, um, I'm sorry, uh, Mark chapter 6, verses 37 to 44. I love this. You might have heard this a lot, but this is Jesus. This is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And I'm just going to read this here for you. Um, so Jesus just preached, uh, and he, uh, he says, he said to them, to his disciples, give them something to eat. And they said to him, uh, that would take more than half a year's wages. Uh, are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it them to eat? How many loaves do you have? He asked, go and see. Uh, when they found, when they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups of, uh, on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Uh, taking five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. Uh, and he also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number uh, of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Now that's just men, not including women and children. I love that. I want you to look at that. There's a couple of things I just want to highlight here when we talk about what God has for us to do. How can we serve him? First and foremost, what I love is that he directed the disciples to go and find out what they had, right? I love that. <laughs> go and find out. It says, uh, uh, go and see, right? How many loaves do you have? He asked. And he says, go and see. You see, in that moment, Jesus had the power to have made bread fall out of heaven, right? Manna from heaven, like with the Israelites. He could have, uh, he could have just, just miraculously like turned stones into bread, just like Satan tried to tempt him to do when he was in the wilderness. But Jesus chose to use what was in the hands of his disciples. Do you ever think about that? He chose to use what his disciples already had. And to be fair, it wasn't much. You know, in other, uh, Portions of scripture it says they brought a young boy, right? Who had uh, the loaves and fish. You know, that there was just essentially, it was a first century version of a Lunchable. <laughs> That's what he had. That's what Jesus had to work with. But you know, what's interesting is that what we have in God's hands is more than enough for what God wants to do. And I think that that's one of those pictures we have to just kind of grab hold of, that what we have is more than enough when it's put into God's hands. You know, I, God doesn't want us to go and spend our lives trying to equip ourselves when he has already given us everything that we need. He's already given you everything that you need to do what he has you to do today, to do what he has to do tomorrow. And the truth is, if there's more that he wants for your life, that's his job to equip now, I'm not saying don't go to school. Go to school, get the degree, do the work, do what God has called you to do. Pursue his calling in your life, but don't underestimate what he's already put in your hands because what you have when given to Jesus is more than enough for all that he has you to do, right? And that takes that step of just allowing us to give that into his hands. That's why tithing is such a, a powerful, not just biblical principle and truth in our lives. But when we talk about how do we reach a dying and broken world? Well, whatever it is that we have, we can give and allow God to not only multiply, but to use to impact the world, right? There's no way 
a couple of loaves of bread, even if they were huge loaves of bread, even if this was like something, something, you know, baked out of a giant Texas bakery, right? That there's no chance it would have been enough to feed 5,000 men, much less the women and children that would have been there already. But in God's hands, no matter the size, no matter the amount, it's more than enough. You are more than enough. What God has given you, talents, abilities, gifts, is more than enough. Another picture of this uh, I just want to pull up and look at here. Second uh, Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. This is one of my oh, favorite verses as far as just the presence and the love of God. So I love this picture. Second Kings 4, verse 1 to 7. What a picture of God's providence, his blessing, his ability. This is reading from the New King James Version. Uh, so this is Elijah is here and he's talking to a widow. It says, uh, starting verse one, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elijah said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go and borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her, her and her sons uh, brought the vessels and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full. Did you hear that church? When the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go and sell the oil pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. Did you see that? You know what's so cool? There's so many principles we can pull out of this. This is one of my favorite pictures of God's ability to use whatever we have in our hands. You know, oil uh, in that time was quite the commodity, right? It was um, it was a form of payment, right? Oil lasted a good long while. Um, it was a way of preserving things. Oil was a way of cleaning. Uh, they would use oil to literally scrape the, the dirt um, and grime from their skin. It was a way of cleansing themselves. It was used in lanterns for light. It was obviously used for baking, for food, for preparation. It had so many uses, right? So it literally was the picture of, of the presence of God, of the picture of the Holy Spirit, of God's anointing, right? And here it's, it's a picture of God's provision. And I just want to go back to what it said there. Um, two things, right? One, Elijah asked her, what do you have in your house, right? And this is the thing. God could have blessed her with anything. Her only possession of worth was the small amount of oil she had left. That was what she had. That was, that was what she had in her home at the time. You know, that's the thing. God could have used anything. He could have blessed her with any amount of money. He, she could have gone and, and it could have happened any other way, but God chose to use what she had what little she had when it was in God's hands was more than enough, not just to pay her debts, right? Just like Jesus has paid our debt, but it was enough to, for her and her sons to live on. It was to bless her for the rest 
of her life. And look at this, one of the things I love, talking about being ready for the blessing of God, being ready to not only give to the Lord, but to receive his blessings. <laughs> look what it says, uh, just going back. She said to, to her sons, you know, bring me another vessel. And he says, there is not another one. He says, then the oil ceased. So long as there was room for the oil, it would have kept flowing. I just want to encourage you, listen, a little side note here as we talk about missions, we talk about blessings, we talk about looking at, at, at God and getting, giving what we have in our hands to the Lord, putting in his hands to bless, to use, to bless us with. We need to make room for God. Little side note there, but hey, what's cluttering the vessels of your life? <laughs> Is there, are you, do, do you make room for God? I'll tell you right now, um, one, there's so many distractions in life. And, and you know what I mean when I'm talking about that? There are times that we try to get alone with God. And, we, and we've all had this moment where we go to, to sit down and read our Bible. And the moment we open the Bible, it's suddenly the phone rings. You get a news alert. There's some kind of distraction. Your favorite cat video just popped up on YouTube, right? Like there's just a thousand things that want to distract you from reading the word of God, right? That every time we want to go and make room for God, there's something that's constantly trying to get into that space and fill it. Hey, I just want to encourage you today, wherever you're at, whatever's going on in your life, empty all the vessels of distraction. Make room for God. Make room for his presence. Make room for his blessings. Because God wants to use what's in your hands. He wants to use what you have. He wants to use you. You know, I, I think the more and more I read about what Jesus did and all the miracles that he did and, and all the miracles that God did for Israel and his people and all throughout the book of Acts. And there's just so many examples of God's blessing in his presence. I've come to the conclusion that God doesn't just want to do miracles. And he is a God of miracles. Our God is a God of miracles, but his goal is not just to do miracles. God wants to do miracles with whatever it is that you have. Whatever it is that's in your home, in your hand. In fact, take a moment, look around. What is it that you even have? Take a little mental inventory of, of what is it that God could even use? Maybe you don't think that you have anything of value that God could use. Maybe you think that there's too little in your hand or in your ability to use that God could use. But let me encourage you. David had a sling and so God used it. Moses had a staff and to be fair, Moses also had a speech impairment. Nathan had an analogy. Joseph had a dream and a positive attitude. <laughs> the boy who gave his lunch to Jesus had a lunch. To be fair, the mom who packed his lunch was just faithful. Samson had a jawbone. Noah had patience. <laughs> uh, Shamgar, who you might not heard of, <laughs> um, he had a rod. Ended up killing 600 Philistines and saving Israel. JL had a tent peg and a really good poker face. Uh, the widow had two mites. Zacchaeus had the ability to climb a sycamore tree. These are heroes. We look at the gospel. And the truth is, I could go through a, so much more of a list of people God chose to save Israel, to bless his people, to bless the nations. Right? There is, the list goes on and on. God didn't pick particularly amazing people. He made very ordinary people particularly amazing. He wants to do that with you. You're not an exception 
to these kinds of people. The truth is their struggles are all our struggles. We go through the Bible and it's not, it's not just a picture of what life was like in the past. It's a mirror of what we're like. The things they struggled with and were tempted with and, 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 and failed at. We do the same and God used them. God wants to use you. So what is it that you have in your hand? What can you do for the Lord? Maybe this is just, maybe you have the ability to talk to somebody uh, who's never quite heard the love of Jesus from a place of love. Maybe you haven't had a, a thought through, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a place at work. Maybe you have a position uh, that you get to just be a positive influence in somebody's life. Whatever that is, let the Holy Spirit lead you. And you want to you make a difference in the world. I would encourage you to start with praying one of two prayers. Saying, Lord, bring me somebody that I can share the love of Jesus with. And then take the next step and say, Lord, bring me to somebody that I can share the love of Jesus with. And watch what God does. Don't be afraid to let God use whatever it is that you have, big or small. Because the truth is, in the kingdom of God, there's no small act of faith. So I want to encourage you today, church, wherever you're at in life, whatever's going on, put it in God's hands. Put your provision in God's hands and let God provide. Make room for his, not just presence, but his blessing. Because the truth is, they're one and the same. God doesn't want to just be with you and, and speak to you through his word. He wants to bless you in it. He wants to bless you in every area of life. That means we have to allow God into every area of life. We can't hold anything back. We have to allow him. You know, like uh, David says so many times, uh, search me, O Lord, and tell me what you see. Right? We have to let the Lord search us to know our inmost being and let him, not us, not only bless us, but tell us who he's called us to be. And then we just walk out saying, Lord, whatever it is, wherever I go, whatever I do, help me to minister, to live on mission, and to be that living vessel that goes and carries the presence of Jesus everywhere we go. That is living on mission. That's what our missionaries around the world are just striving to do. When they ask us uh, what we can do for them, when I'm sorry, when I ask what we can do for them, they always say, pray that we can follow the word of God with boldness, that we can share the love of Jesus with boldness. Pray that we'll be able to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's always what they ask. It's not just forgiving and finance. It's that they would be able to follow God with boldness. I encourage you today, whatever it is that you have, follow the Lord's leading with boldness because he wants to use you. He has a plan for your life and you're more valuable than you'll ever know. God loves you. And we love you, church. We're so thankful you took some time to, to spend with us. I want to encourage you, go and make room for the Lord because he wants to speak to you. God bless you. We appreciate you. And we hope to see you in the future.